The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos can't actually get hiccups? But they can definitely give them. <laughs> <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts to find out how you can access episodes a day early and to learn more about our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 42 through 46 of The Gathering Storm, book 12 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Egwene has a pivotal meeting with Viren, where Viren explains that she's Black Aja, but not really, but kind of also yes. But she used her insider access to do some incredibly thorough investigative journalism, blowing the lid right off the Black Aja case. Then she dies. Uh, I guess that's one way to avoid too many sticky plot questions going forward. Uh, just like ending the character right there. Yep. Egwene immediately sets to work, but is interrupted almost immediately by the Sean Chan attack. I kind of feel for Egwene here. She's got a rebellion to run, a dictator to depose, an execution to prevent, and a surprisingly large cabal of evil to root out, and then the Sean Chen show up. Right, and what's she going to do about Gawain? <laughs> right? <laughs> Add it to the list, you know? Uh, it's not that surprising that she's just clean out of fucks to give and goes full-on vengeful goddess of destruction. The Sean Chen picked the wrong day to piss in her Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> From then on, it's like two solid chapters of Egwene calling down the righteous fury of the creator and dishing out pain to Sean Chan invaders. Very entertaining. Meanwhile, on Team Stupid Dum Dum, which is the title I have formally granted to any group of people that teams up with Gwen, <laughs> they mount their very stupid mission to rescue Egwene from all the cool-ass shit she's doing. And they are successful to the collective disappointment of every person who is not a total idiot. So... <laughs> So yeah, uh, Egwene single-handedly saved the White Tower from annihilation, only to be bundled off by some man-child with poor reasoning skills and a crush the minute she stops to take a time out. I guess we have to add this to the list of shit Egwene has to sort out, like she hasn't got enough shit on her plate. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Chapter 42. Before the Stone of Tear, Icon of the Dragon. That's where we are, right? Yes. With Rand having another tiff with his ancient head wizard. Yes, random men are riding through Bandar Eban. Um, they're on their way out because uh, Rand is like, I don't know what else to do here. Yep. Uh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Luce Theron, the completionist, is annoyed that he didn't catch names of all of the women they yeah. bail fire out of and, existence. And he's got a point. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we got to put them on the list, bro. <laughs> this list was your idea. <laughs> now my list is never going to be complete. God damn it. Yeah. He's also upset that Rand used Balefire, and uh, let me tell you, if the ancient head wizard in your head is the one lobbying for restraint, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yep. Uh, Rand reflects on how he has failed at all of his goals in Aradamon, uh, except for killing Grendel. He did the hell out of that. Yeah. Like, Grendel's gone, but so is their all of their organized power structure, essentially, right? Yeah. And all of their food. Yeah, because yeah. apparently all the food, all of the food in the entire city has simultaneously rotted, which is not good. And, and Rand's like, Rand, who? I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, the Shan Chan are probably going to attack pretty soon. Right? Yeah, because he sent away their army that was resisting the Shan Chan. Oh, yeah, he, he even says like, I kind of think Arad Doman is just 
done. I think this, this country's done. Yep. Which is not a great thing to say on your way out. But well, you can't win them all. Yep. But Aradamon is still last season. The new hotness, that's Tyr. Yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, they really like me in Tyr, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he does get some news from Rodel Iteralde that the, the Shadow Spawn are massing somewhere in the Blight. And Ren's like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Final battle, right? That's kind of what they do. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. But I guess he decides that he's setting his sights on the Borderlands. Right. Uh, yeah. And he leaves behind Bandar, Iban, and there's this grim scene where they're all kind of, all the people of Bandar, Iban are looking at him silently as he just pieces out. Yep. Yep. And then the people in tear all cheer yep. as soon as he shows up. Yep. Oof. And uh, he's feeling pretty bad about uh, Arad Doman, but, uh, you know. Dragon's what gotta can do. you do? Yeah. yeah. It's what it is, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's the dragon said. That's, <laughs> that's the name of the 14th book or something. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. And he then sends Bashir to find out what's up with the Borderlanders, because he's kind of going to have to deal with them next. Uh, he kind of considers to himself that he's going to go go fight the last battle, and probably the Shanshan are going to conquer Ilion and Tyr while he's gone. Uh, filed under not his problem. Yeah, he's he's a little annoyed about the Borderlanders, considering you know the final battle, because literally their whole job is you know defending yeah. the border against the the shadow. So yeah, we still don't know what's up with them. It's got to be something, right? Yeah, I, I it's a uh, I can't tell if it's sketchy on purpose or or just sketchy you know as a red herring. But like the fact that they have those thirteen I said I keeps popping up, and it, you know it's not not great. Yep. And then Rand meets with his Terran followers, um, the, the normal crew, Darlin and, and who's that? Uh, Dobrain is there, yeah. Weramon is there, yeah. and Luz Theron really likes Weramon. <laughs> which is like, if you didn't... If Rand you is more, like, you hate everybody. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you didn't need more evidence that Luz Theron is crazy, he likes Weramon. Yeah, he's like, you know, yes, he's an idiot, but he's a reliable idiot. He, yeah. He's always exactly the, the same level of stupid. You can count on him to saying the stupidest thing possible at any time. Yep. And Alana's there, and I had honestly forgotten about her. Yeah, she's still bonded to Rand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess there's nothing to be done about it. You can transfer a bond, right? I yes. think you can. Couldn't you have transferred her bond to like one of the people he wanted to bond with and saved himself a bonding? Uh, Yeah, you know, he should have done that. He's got like, what, four bonds now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And then uh, two like tertiary bonds, right? Because or secondary bonds, because he's bonded to Elaine, who's bonded to Brigida, and he's bonded to oh yeah, it's a bond chain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and I guess Elaine's also bonded to Avienda. Well, that's a, like a, a that's a magic bond. sister bond. Yeah, but it's like kind of like the bond. So, but he's also bonded to Avienda, so that's like a bond triangle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder if they get like feedback. <laughs> a bond loop. <laughs> Well, in between that and the crazy wounds he has in the head wizard, there's a lot going on in there. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's a situation in that skull. At the end of this chapter, they're like, uh, he's like, we're not staying long. Where are we going next? Shile Gull. It's like, we're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) All all right, boss. (laughs) Then, uh, yeah, he just chats with him a bit. In chapter 43, sealed to the flame, like under the Tar of Alon flame. So Egwene is sitting there and, and considering her, you know, failure-ish um, at, in the White Tower due to her rescue by Gwyn and Gareth Bryan and Swan. She's back with the rebels in their camp. Uh, her plan is she's going to attack uh, the White Tower tonight. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that Egwene is 
actually doing some introspection here and mm-hmm. isn't quick to lay all the blame on other people. She's, she's, she's like, what could I have done to fix the situation? I think it's like an emotionally mature thing to do, you know? Right. Not that you know, she could have stopped. She was passed out, you know, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that she is right. It is time to attack the tower. I think that it's been like 17 books or something since we've been besieging this tower. And something I'm like ready that. for this to get on the road. Yeah. Get the show on the road. Yeah, you know, the only ba- way back in was with an army. She just see- so happens to have this really nice army sitting here. <laughs> yeah. They're just looking for something to do. Uh, she chews out Gawain. Uh, he does not care very much. Yeah, he's trying to like do some juvenile romance bullshit and Gawain is like, I have no time for you right now. It's kind of working though, right? Is it? He's kind of into it. She hasn't, you know, sent him away or teleported him to the center of the earth or anything like that. I mean, that's true. Uh, I mean, she she definitely likes him, but like she is, he is like way high on her shit list, you know? Uh, and, and and she really doesn't have time to deal with this crap. Like mm-hmm. she is, as we mentioned in the, in the uh, recap, she has a lot going on. That's true. So she's going to meet the hall of the tower. So... Then we cut to the uh, the Aja heads, the remaining ones, I guess, in the White Tower, who are discussing what to do after this incredible disaster that they have all brought upon themselves. Yeah, I was having a little bit of trouble with this. So, I think this is a, a very late explanation for all of the the young sitters that we kept yes. hearing people referring. But we didn't know any of this, right? Like this is all right, this is all new, and this yeah. is all to explain all that crap that happened. Yeah, in like a paragraph. So essentially, they were hoping to. Because this was this was pre no this is this is during the rebellion or right after the rebellion or yeah or no sorry it was post split pre rebellion they had set up these young people to be sitters in hopes of when, no they sent the young people wait did they send the young people to the tower or did they send the young people to the both I think because there are young sitters in the tower and in the rebels both both sides have commented right. on it yeah so short version is the the heads of the Ajas got together and conspired to pack the hall of the tower with their own people so that they could control things. And they did it in both the rebel uh, group and also in the White Tower. So they were essentially hoping to control things from behind the scenes and have a puppet, Amarlin, except right. Elida was too batshit insane to yeah, actually it, control. It, it didn't work yet because Elida is a dumpster fire and because Egwene is, is insane and amazing and, and uncontrollable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also had Swan Sanchez on her side. Yeah, it, and it it sounds a little bit like they kind of orchestrated the rebellion, but then the rebellion got too rebellious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think they orchestrated the rebellion because they sent the sitters there after it had already begun, after the people had been grouping up in this in Saladar or something. They, I think they were the one. I think that they were in, they were the ones who put Egwene in place, right? Essentially, like remotely. I think that they were responsible for Egwene being. No, I reasoned. thought they just sent the sitters. And then Egwene was just the thing that happened with the rebels. Oh, okay. But they thought they were going to control. They thought Egwene didn't matter because they were going to control the both groups because they controlled the sitters. Oh, okay. But that didn't work just at all in any way. Yeah. And within the rebels in particular, because the sitters that they sent kind of went over to the rebel side. Anyway, they they acknowledge that their problem, their plan was very bad, and they kind of hosed the whole thing. Right. But you know what? They aren't quitters. So they've got plenty more bad ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's way more ways we can screw this pooch. Yeah. But eventually, they they decide like, you know what? It seems like all of our plans involve Egwene killing us all. What if we just made her the opposite? <laughs> but before they do that, they're like, thing went on the docket. Get bent, Elida. <laughs> <'Cause> they're, <laughs> yeah. They're uh, you know. 
Yeah, so yeah, she was taken by the Shanshan. Uh, who raise your hand if you wanna if you wanna go rescue her? <laughs> Anybody? Like, just raise your hand. Yeah. Anybody and at all? One person. Did, no. no, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a lot of like eye rolling, squabbling that happens when they're like, "Oh, maybe I should be Almerlin." You know, but finally they're like, "Nah, let's just let's right. just make it someone else's problem." Right. <laughs> and then we cut to uh, Swan and Gareth Bryan, who are waiting for the results of the Hall of the Tower. Uh, Swan is kind of sorry, not sorry about the rescue. Yeah, I, I mean, she, I, I feel where she's coming from. I yeah. think Wayne was closer to just dying than she thought she was. All, not only that, but another point that Swan makes is the rebel camp was getting like Egwene was about to lose control of the rebels. Like like Ramonda and Lelaine, one of those two was about to take control. Truth. Yeah, and if she, if Egwene hadn't come back sooner rather than later, then she may have found herself in charge of the White Tower on the other side of that rebel war. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was an opportunity for her to re-cement her, her, her control of the rebels just before going back to the White Tower. So I, I, I think Swan, I think you're right. I think Swan had the right idea here, even if uh, the timing was poor. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this, like, Gareth Bryan-Swan bonding thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um like, I appreciate the romantic aspects of it. It's very cute. Like, the, oh, I'm in love with my order. You know, like that, all that stuff. But Gareth Bryan is one of the great generals of the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like being a warder is a little bit of a waste of his talents, right? I was thinking that too. Yeah. Because you're going to be in point. a number two position always if you're the warder. You have to do what the Aes Sedai says. Well, I mean, all the warders we see are basically carrying the bags of Aes Sedai. Yeah. And protecting them from Trollocs or whatever. But can, maybe... can you think of literally one warder who is not just like a, a, a secondary character to an Aes Sedai? Um, other than Lan, who's like kind of an exception. But he still had to follow Moraine and do what Moraine wanted That's to do. That's a good point. Yeah, before Moraine got Puddlegood, Lan was not, right? Like he was definitely following Moraine around. Yeah, and that guy was a freaking king. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. I, I guess... So I was trying to think that maybe Gareth Bryan could be in a general position, right? He could just be the, the general of the White Tower, because the White Tower is still going to need an army, probably, right? The last battle's coming. That's mm -hmm. true. So that, that's okay, as long I as Swan is still, you know, in the, the leadership of the White Tower and is not sent out on wacko missions. Yeah. Well, I mean, that in a way, yeah. I, so, so I Gareth, but that, that, still, that requires Gareth Bryan to be independent and... and uh, primary in a way that warders don't seem well, to be. Well, since apparently he's also going to be her husband, hopefully <laughs> that he's going to have some level of independence, not just be her servant. Because yeah. that is his second requirement, oh. is that she make an honest man out of him. Yeah. And uh, she's totally into it. He's, he's such a damn nerd. You know, he could have asked for anything. He could ask for butt stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Slap my balls. Because <laughs> <laughs> Swan was going to marry him anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's totally into it. But, you know, it's kind of sweet. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. Yeah. And then we cut to Egwene, who is meeting with the Hall, and she immediately informs them about the Black Aja sisters that she has found all about. Oh, the shit. The scene is amazing. Yes. Yeah, I love all the Black Ajas in the room. Like, book it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, well, she starts by, like, she's just standing before them, and she whips out the oath rod, and she's like... Without any explanation, just start swearing the the oaths yeah. in front of everyone. Because yeah, there's a whole thing where where she's like holding the power, and everyone's like, "What is she about to do? Is she about to, you know?" And then yeah, yeah then she does that, and it's that that, and then immediately transitions into as right. Yeah, Sherryam tries to Sherry tries yeah. to fight, and Egwene just grabs her, just shields her with the power immediately. 
and uh, and <laughs> she's Sharon's trying to argue her way out of it, and Egwene gets her with the old no 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 yes trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Come on. I know. I mean that that is pretty. That was pretty dumb. I was like seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have red hair? No. I mean, oh shit. I spoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got you. And the sitters are very shocked, but they immediately get on board. Yeah. Uh, Egwene makes a plan to round up all the Black Ajas and have them all executed today. I mean, she kind of has to, right? Like, we know how the Black Aja are, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't exactly inform the sitters why she's so, why she knows it's so important to kill those Black Ajas because, you know, that time that she didn't kill Mogedian. Right. And let her get away. <laughs> yeah. That did, time. Yeah. But she had Mogedian in Saladar with all of them. For a long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> didn't mention that. Might, <laughs> might should have, you know? Yeah. But that's good, and I, I'm I'm happy with how quickly the the sitters of the the rebelized that I get on board with the plan. I'm happy with the plan. It, I, I was thinking about this. Like, there's not really a better way to do this. She the the unswear reswear thing is pretty clutch, right? That was something yeah. that the Black Aja hunters came up with. But like, yeah, ca- rounding up that many Black Aja in that short amount of time, I think that was a pretty pretty solid strategy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and. Also, she tells him it's time to attack tonight. It's Rakathwak for the for the, the siege. Yep. So, chapter 44, Sense Unknown, Icon of the Wheel of Time. So Nynaeve is trying to convince Rand to support Lan in his uh, charge to ride to Tarwin's Gap. Mm-hmm. But, but Rand's strategic thinking here is kind of right, right? Yeah, like the idea right. of yeah. Lan being a decoy attack where everyone thinks they're going to attack is... He doesn't care about killing all the darkspawn. Yeah. He kills about he cares about getting to Shia Gol. Right. And I, I hope he's got a plan for what he does when he gets to Shia Gol. Yeah. Because, you know. I'm sure he does. Yeah. And Balefire is his plan. His, his plan is, is gonna, one word. Balefire. Is gonna Balefire the Dark One? I don't know. Would I mean, it even work? I, I mean, that's a good <laughs> question, right? It's because Balefire unmakes the pattern. You know who loves unmaking the pattern? <laughs> it's true. Maybe that's the Dark One's plan. Get Rand, trick Rand into bail firing him. Yeah. It's a double true. negative. That. Wait, doesn't that, does that cause the world to explode? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either way, she kind of realizes that. But Rand also has a pretty good plan to basically let the, the Trollocs and Darkspawn charge through Tarwin's Gap and disperse into the world. Where they will like raid and pillage, and then just defeat them in detail by teleporting around Bashir's army. Mm. Which, because the the darkspawn, the shadowspawn, cannot teleport themselves. Yeah, I mean it's it's a if you are cold and calculating, it's a great plan, but it also leads to a whole bunch of people getting eaten by Trollocs. You know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so maybe they should move the people back before you do that. But it's, you know, it's a very trench warfare, defense in depth kind of strategy. Yeah, uh, Nynaeve at some point realizes that essentially she needs to find a strategic response to Rand because he's not going to listen to any like emotional right uh, he doesn't response. seem to care if Lan dies or not yeah Dark Rand doesn't which I guess for her means back on the Cadswain train which uh, it's, it's, uh, let me say of the trains Nynaeve train way better than Cadswain train absolutely Cadswain should get on the Nynaeve train I know right so they're on their way to meet the Borderlander messengers and uh, Nynaeve asks Rand where uh, Perrin is for Cadswain which is I, honestly I did not think she was going to think of this as just, stat, just, as ask Rand. just just ask <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is as bad as naive as it gets, right? Just, I don't know, go ask the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is he? No reason. Yeah. Uh, but Rand kind of blows her off. And on their way, Nynaeve has a nice chat with Narishma about what's going on with the Borderlanders. 
And uh, I thought this was really funny because she's like, Narishma, why, do, why are the borderlanders, why have they left their posts? And he's like, oh, well, I was just, I was just a cobbler, really. You know, I don't know what the noble people do. And she's like, well, I mean, if they're not there to defend. And he's like, well, you know, even though I was a cobbler, I was in the borderland. So I was taught the sword, the spear, the bow, and the axe, and the, the sling. sling. <laughs> so, you know, these people take it very seriously. It doesn't make much sense. <laughs> I like that's, that. that that's, that's the borderlanders, right? <laughs> yeah. But then they, they go meet with the, the messenger. It turns out it's just one guy, and it's Huron. Yeah. Who I totally... Speaking of people we totally forgot existed, right? Yeah. I uh, remembered him. I liked him. I mean, as soon as I said his name, I remembered him. But I, I forgot, like, I ha had not kept track of that the guy. Sniffer. The, the sniffer. The sniffer. That's right. <laughs> the magic sniffer. Uh, and Rand interrogates him quite roughly. Very sad. Yeah. Because Huron was looking forward to seeing Lord Rand. I appreciate that. He's, them. like, the only guy in the world that likes Rand. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's a short list, right? Yeah. Um, and he, he mentions, I smell something really, really super duper evil. And Rand's like, ah, probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering, do you, so do you think that's the, the one power residue on Rand? The true power. True, true power, power residue, yeah. Yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah. He's smelling the, the dark one. And he says the Borderlanders are in far matting. Yeah, that's the place with the anti-magic field. Yes, that one place. That's not a study. Yeah, I, which I guess is a smart play, right? Well, I don't. Well, depending maybe, on what you're trying to do, the outcome was pretty negative, which is that pisses Rand off so much that he decides to just blast them. Off. Oh, I know. He, I love Rand's response. He teleports to far batting. He's like, "Well, guess it's time to start raining down some fire." Show him that you know. <laughs> yeah, this is what they get for jerking me around when it comes to meeting times and places. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Nynaeve does manage to talk him down. Yes, barely. Yeah, he, he gets out the remote control. Yeah, and so Dark Rand is really not doing great. Uh, he then sends Huron in with a message and says. The message is, if you guys want to just not suck, and you want to come fight the last battle with me, here's your chance. Otherwise, you could sit here and suck. Yeah, it, it's funny, because like, instead of throwing fire, he threw a different kind of fire. <laughs> yeah. The bar, Some Borderlander shade. Yeah. And then he leaves. And then, but Rand does give Nynaeve a tip on how to find Perrin. Uh, he says, Perrin is camping near a giant statue with a sword buried in the ground. Which I thought maybe... Is not specific enough in this world. Okay. <laughs> well, I one of those like quite often. I was thinking that I was like, I mean, that sounds really like weird and iconic, but also I think we've seen like giant statues, giant ancient statues a bunch of times. So. Yeah, lots of them. But but uh, yeah, it seems to it seems to be the right thing. Right. It, it's it's sad because Rain tells Nynaeve this is kind of like a, an apology for for being suspicious of her earlier. So yeah. He essentially says, you know, I. I feel bad for not trusting that you cared about him or whatever. But he was right. Nynaeve is totally <laughs> yeah. being untrustworthy in this situation. She, yeah, she's working for Cat Swain, his, his enemy. Yep. So she goes to visit Cat Swain and tries to bargain with Cat Swain. I was, Kat... I was wondering about this, though, because like she's... So if Cat Swain's endgame is to manipulate Perrin, she's going to have a lot of trouble with that because mm -hmm. lots of people have tried to manipulate Perrin. Yeah, he's kind of immune to that. He usually doesn't yeah. notice it. Yeah. He's like, no, I think I'm going to do this other thing. <laughs> ah, but you should do this. And no, 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 no. Yeah, well, I'll think about it. I'll let you know what I think about that in a couple weeks. In the meantime, I'm just going to do the thing I was going to do. And then on top of that, he's got Fail, which is another layer, layer of bullshit you have to wade through to get to Perrin. You know? And like, I don't know, between Fail and Cad Swain, I don't know who would win in that like that pissing contest, but uh, yeah. wouldn't be wouldn't be easy going. Mabel both die. <laughs> Possibly, Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, maybe maybe Fayil will stab Cat Swain, and that would like that would be redeeming. Right? Honestly, that'd be yeah. I, 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 it would, I, at this point, Fayil killed 
what's his name? The, the, prophet. the prophet. And I was yeah. like, okay, thumbs up. Yeah, that's right. So Fayel kills Cad Swain? I yeah, mean, she, she's just cutting out the bad pieces yeah. of cloth. That's right? going to be redeeming her a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I would I say mean, that's, that would be like a purpose for that character, killing yeah. all the people I don't like. And then yeah. she's, she's like, does one of those hair on Griel beat stabbing? And then she stabs her. Yeah. <laughs> or something like more clever than that. No, I mean, it's <laughs> be pretty good. It's pretty good. Hair on Griel? I like that. Yeah, yeah the ones Cat Swain wears. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> uh, so. Cat Swain, she is found by Nynaeve uh, monopolizing men um, in that way that Aes Sedai do, that every Aes Sedai does with men. Yep. And uh, like Nynaeve tries to bargain the in- with the info with Cat Swain to get her to tell about her plan, but she kind of caves. Uh, it also tells Cat Swain about the whole Borderlander meeting, which is like, yeah, why? Why, why give that up? But, yeah. Uh, uh, but Min also mentions that one way her prophecies could be wrong is if the Dark One destroys the pattern. Because the prophecies come from the pattern, so that, uh, yeah. that would be bad. Yeah, that would be really bad. Uh, but it, so Catswain doesn't tell her everything, but in exchange for Perrin's location, she does tell Nynaeve that it's not Perrin she's after, but someone traveling with Perrin. Yeah. Uh, I actually have no idea who this is. Do y'all have I, Yeah, any, who could it be? Any guesses? Like, who's with Perrin? It's like Fail and Berylaine and Morghese. He's got the... Uh, and Tolliver. Aram, oh, Talonvor. Talonvor. No, no, oh, yeah, oh, I, I, I guess he. I guess he has. Um, yeah, Morghese. Maybe that's. Maybe that's the trick. Because does he think Morghese is dead? And maybe her being right. alive. Maybe her being alive would get Gwyn to chill out, and then. Or maybe. Oh no, he can. He can present Morghese to Elaine, which means Rand gets laid, and, and then that, maybe, and that yeah. will calm them down. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know who they're talking about. I guess we'll find out. Maybe yeah. it's Elias. It could be Elias. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perrin has so many people with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like his his entourage is getting real. Okay, he has a hundred thousand people with him, as you <laughs> yeah, might recall. Yeah, he picked up a city, so <laughs> it could be any one of those random hundred thousand people. I keep trying to put this city somewhere, but it keeps following me around. Catherine's like one of those one hundred thousand people is this one person that I know who's <laughs> like really good at convincing people to do shit. <laughs> no, it's nobody you've met before. It's just some random person. <laughs> right. So they're they're heading off right away to go find this person. So chapter forty five. The tower stands, icon of the Tarvalon flame. Egwene's wearing red. Yeah, Egwene is wearing red, which is uh, unusual for her. It's kind of a loaded statement, right? I think it fits her coloration, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Probably weird with her complexion. She's a spring, really. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Uh, Egwene has had all the Black Ajas executed. Stilled and then executed, which seemed a little unnecessary to me. Insult to injury kind of thing, right? I guess. I think that seems to be like standard process. I don't know why, though. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, you know, makes makes it worse, makes it more intimidating to other Aes Sedai, I guess. I guess. guess. Makes it easier to execute them. Maybe. Okay, what? Okay. If you get your head cut off, right, your head survives for like a few seconds, right? Uh-huh. Can you still channel? Oh, yeah. Like, if they get their head cut off, could they be channeled? Could they like channel their head back onto their body? <laughs> <laughs> like heal themselves just really quick. <laughs> yeah. Bail fire out your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> to get the right body. Uh, but yeah, so so the red the red is a statement for a variety of reasons, including the fact that she just executed fifty yeah. black sisters, and she's not making that Mogadian mistake again. No, yeah. way to go, Egwene. Yeah, good to know she's not afraid to catch those checks she's been writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's preparing for the attack with Gareth Bryan's army. Uh, Lelaine and Ramonda are totally on side now. Lelaine is you know kind of her her what do you call it. Her, Second in command. Her, yeah, her, her person who's very loyal to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of the way things played out. 
They've had no word yet from their delegation to the Black Tower, which is kind of worrisome because Mazarin Tame probably ate all those people. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> That's got to be Tame who's got them, right? Yeah. I, I know that Tame doesn't control all, or maybe he does now, because there were two factions in the Black Tower, right? There was Tame's faction, and I think there was Loghain's faction, but Loghain left the Black Tower, is that right? Right, he's off doing stuff for Rand. Okay, so the Black Tower really is just... <laughs> yeah, I think if you go to Black Tower, you meet Tame. And Straight up like, people now. Yeah, his throne room full of... Like terrifying, laughing, insane murder wizards. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So Sherium apparently managed to get rid of all those uh, rings, the Teleron Riyadh. Yeah. Teleron Riyadh. Except for one, because she lost her pinky. We, we saw that earlier. Oh, yeah, she had a d- damage on her hand. What happened to her hand? So, uh, okay. So the, the deal was, the Forsaken said... Of those, I think it was like 20 Terangreal, whichever one you don't return, it will cost you as many as you don't return. Uh, so oh, one that's ring. That's the one that Swan has. Exactly. Swan has one ring, and that's the only one that uh, Sherryam couldn't get, so she got her <laughs> pinky cut off. And she made up some story about it being like a, a riding accident or whatever, but yeah. And refused <laughs> to let them heal it, which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so that was Swan uh, cost Sherryam a pinky. Nice. Way to go, Swan. Yep. And. Let's see. It's funny because because so, she's like so uh, so Sherry's like oh yeah I gave him to the Forsaken <clears throat> who lives in the White Tower and Ramonda and Lelaine are like wait, wait, wait what what what, what? <laughs> and Egwene's like don't worry about it you know yeah, yeah like ah it's not that big a deal <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of funny how for some people in these stories for many of our main characters the Forsaken have been kind of demystified but every now and then you'll run into somebody who hasn't run into one of them before and they mention the Forsaken and everyone's just like what <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool yeah. And Egwene's like, oh yeah, I used to have one that lived in my bedroom. Like, what? <laughs> you guys, oh, whoops, sorry. Oh, oh, wait, uh, I mean, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> right. Then Egwene goes and meets with Gareth Bryan and Swan and the army, and they, they, she surveys the prospective battlefield. She's still mad at Swan. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, I, uh, they'll, they'll make up, I assume. But yeah, I guess, I guess she's still mad that Swan didn't trust her. Yep, and then Gareth Bryan shows her the, the battlefield. He says he thinks it's going to be a walk because there's so few people lined up against them on the bridge. And they're all crying? No, they're, they're, they're tired. Oh. Their eyes are red because they didn't sleep. Oh. This is literally the day after the attack. Oh, okay, okay, okay. When he said they had red, bleary eyes, I was like, <laughs> they've all been crying? What's wrong? We're going to win this battle because they're all super sad. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been, we've been telling them really sad stories. <laughs> Just sending them pictures of like poor like three-legged dogs. It's just like, oh, he's best. And Egwene is about to attack, but she hesitates as long as she possibly can, just long enough for a delegation to come out from the White Tower. I was yeah. wondering, yeah. I mean, like, I knew this was happening in the White Tower, but it, yeah. it felt like one of those things where it could be just at the wrong time, you know? Yeah, but, near run thing. Yep. Um, and they kindly ask her, would you mind ruling us? Yeah. <laughs> Great news, no more war. Yeah, so no battle, the tower stands. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, even though I knew where this was eventually going, this was a little bit of a suspenseful thing, the way they had it set up with it them was. waiting. I thought it was well well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Egwene's like, where's Elida? And they're like, uh, we don't know. But <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't know, and none of us have been looking. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 46, to be forged again, icon of the Wheel of Time. So... Egwene is preparing for her investiture as the Amarlin seat. She gets down to business like immediately before she's even sworn in. She's like issued. She's issuing orders to the uh, Gareth Bryan's troops, saying, "Okay, you need a position here, here, and here." Yeah. And she's like, "Swan, you need to go get the 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 rebels ready." 
She is like on top of things. Yeah, she's got a plan. She's been thinking about this. Yeah. yeah. And she, she's having the rebel Aes Sedai formally apologize for rebelling against the tower, which is a little weird, but I guess I kind of get it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't quite get it. It's, it feels like this is more of a ceremonial thing. Like this is how you like, the symbol of mending the tower is like having the rebels apologize. Yeah, Not be I, punished, but just apologize. But from a practical standpoint, these are your people. Right. These are these are your this is your base of support right here. But she doesn't want to think that anymore. Yeah, I, I think I think that's yeah. I think that's exa- I think Alice is exactly right. Like she she's she can't be the rebel Aes Sedai Amarlin anymore if she wants to heal the tower. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's like her big theme that she keeps hammering into everyone, even to the point of dressing like a red, so that all the Ajans are kind of represented. Sure. Yeah. So it's all it's all part of the the production value of it. Yeah. It's like the political messaging. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. That's not how it works, right? You have a the tower has always been super fractious and, and backbiting, and you have a base of support that you have to take care of very carefully. Yeah, yeah. and and I think that that's what Egwene sees as her biggest obstacle is like this uh, creating a, a white tower that isn't as shitty as all of us have seen as we've read these books, mm-hmm. creating like a, a unified uh, a unified group somehow. Well, she's probably right. You know, she knows more about the situation than I do. And she, from and from my perspective, like you can take the Aes Sedai out of the garbage, but you can't take the garbage out of the Aes Sedai. <laughs> <laughs> but Egwene is is a is an excellent manipulator and like a political mover. So if anyone can can yeah. trick them into liking each other, it's probably her. Yeah, I think bringing the Red Aja back in is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, in, in she does more than bring him back in. Yeah, she does. At, at, after at, as she's doing the ceremony, uh, she has them bring Sylviana to her, who has been in the. You know, in the prison, I guess the White Tower prison. Yeah. And she, let's see. First, the first thing she does is Armin C to C choose everybody out for letting Elida just screw everything up. Mm-hmm. Oh, also the the tower room is busted. Like that's yeah. like the description of it is actually kind of crazy. Like there's a big gaping hole right above the Armin seat. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, chair, I, not I, the I, person. This is so perfect. I, I have to believe Egwene blew that hole out of there herself. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just brings to the forefront in everybody's mind exactly what just happened and what Egwene is capable of. And she's got like a nice view of the dragon mount behind her, you know? Right. It's kind of nice. It's yeah, kind of cool. It's, yeah. it's, it's scenic, epic. right? Yeah. Not bad at all. So she makes Sylviana her keeper of the Chronicles? What is the Keeper of? The Keeper, the keeper of the Chronicles. The Keeper of the Seals. It's all. I think Keeper of the Chronicles, Keeper, keeper of the Seals. It's like a... No, it's the Watcher of the Seals, right? Watcher, yeah, yeah. it's a list of titles. Whatever. The yeah. Keeper. The Keeper person. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have... It, so this is a good idea because it, it makes the... It consoles the Red Aja. It makes them know that they're not going to be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Also, I kind of think that maybe she did this because Sherium had red hair. Oh. And so it's just sort of associated redness. Because <laughs> that's what Keepers are supposed to look like. Wait, doesn't Leanne have red hair too? No, um, she was uh, Damani. She was brown, oh, brown hair, hair brown and skin. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Right. And she had a way of walking. Suggested. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is like this is like a pro level political move, taking your your biggest rivals and making them your allies. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, she's got she's formed this really relatively incredibly long relationship with this woman it's um, true sylviana is a diamond in the rough yeah but i do feel like the red aja as a whole just sucks yeah well sure what are they good at catching male channelers sort of not good at that it's <laughs> <laughs> true the record sucks lately yeah, yeah. um it gives a speech a uh, pretty dramatic speech about how she says basically that we are the only thing the world has left to defend them from the shadow or whatever which is 
Not correct. No. I mean, there is there is that Dragon Reborn. Yeah, there's person. like way more power out in the world yeah. that is on your side. But, uh, you know, pretty self-serving. I think that the Aes Sedai just have to think of themselves as the queens of the universe. This is like, uh, to me, this was like one of the, was it the Independence Day, that movie? It's like the Independence Day speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that if this if the show makes it to this season, that'll be a pretty good scene. Yeah. Uh, oh. I found it very satisfying when she was chewing them out, calling them a disgrace. Yeah, they like, what that. the fuck is wrong with you with Elida? Like, screw you all. It yeah. was pretty great. No, yeah. she, she was, she's spot on too, right? Like, Elida was, she even said that Elida's crazy. Like, Elida was always going to be, like, even before she was on one, she was like kind of a loose cannon. Uh, and she was able to maintain power because all of these sitters just kept going along with whatever she said. Well, yes. I'll also remember... In uh, the sitter's defense, which I hate to give them, uh, Alviaran and the Black Azure were working inside the tower against them also. Yeah. Oh, and, that, and you make a good... I think if that hadn't been happening, probably they would have been able to deal with Elida and the Rebellion. Egwene does point out that there are a bunch of sitters missing who she knows are Black Aja. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, I, guess, I guess that that's a big part of it too. But I mean, you know, if Egwene if really wants to reunite the whole tower... Maybe she, you know, she'd bring in the red Aja. Maybe she should bring in the black Aja. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they handle well, the evil type of stuff. Yeah, right? you know, if, if there's some evil that needs doing, you bring in the black Aja. Right. You add a new stripe to the stole. It's good to have that on the budget, is what I'm saying. It's going to happen anyway. Yeah, you, you know what? You need a spoiler, right? And the the red Aja, I mean, they've been they've been the, the, the heel for a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. And then she leads them out to meet with the rebels. And, uh, well, yeah, I guess she'd say they all meet with the rebels first, and that's when she speechifies at them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very dramatic in front of the, the smoking tower, which still stands, though damaged. Very dramatic, very satisfying. Yeah, they're a sword, but the sword get broken, but you got to melt it down, you got to reforge it. I'm going to melt you all down and reforge you. In but three like... months, because <laughs> we've got the final battle to deal with. <laughs> yeah. She sets a, you know, a, a nice aggressive timeline. And Sylveon is like, so what happened to the last person in my position? I understand that there was somebody with the rebel eyes that I, and she's like, yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had her executed. Yeah, uh, I just still did her. Yeah. 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 Oh, 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 cool. Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. You'll be fine. Yeah. I got a good feeling about you. <laughs> uh, I thought, I honestly, uh, this, this is kind of getting back to the Egwene I don't like. Because mm-hmm. I, I think this whole sort of vibe, like, how Egwene is the real is the one really carrying the burden here, and especially the bit where she thinks about how all those sitters, none of them wanted power, like all of them ran away from power, and she's the only one that and has the the dignity and the the dis, what's the word? She's the only one that has the virtue to sacrifice herself and take power. Yeah, which is bullshit. Yeah, right? these are the Aes Sedai. Every single one of those people wants to be Amr the Seed. Yeah, and, and this we is not a sacrifice. That, right? This is a power struggle. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I agree. But but uh, everything up to this point with the Green has been pretty fun. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens with the White Tower now. Uh, that she yeah. doesn't have a rebel. I hope they keep that army and they go, like, fight. Yeah. I, I, I You know, I I like, of the of the possible options, Gareth Bryan being the general of the uh, the White Tower's army is, is the one I like best. Yeah, um, I can't imagine they'll have him just dorking around being a warrior. Yeah. Especially for Swan, because I mean, like she's a she's definitely a good political person, but she's not like a field agent anymore with her weaker right. eyesight power, right? I mean, she was never a field agent, right? Yeah. She was always like the the inside person. Yeah, she doesn't need a a, a badass warder. She needs like yeah a, a political person, right? Right. Yeah, and, and you know, I think maybe the warders we see are all for like 
the White Tower as it was constituted at the beginning of these books, where it's sort of this pretty passive, manipulative power yeah. that doesn't rule and doesn't lead and doesn't like go out in the world and force and do things. But Egwene is going to make a new White Tower that does those things. It's going to field armies and it's going to need Aes Sedai connected to the leadership of those armies. That makes sense. And they, you know, they're, they're all going to be traveling. They have traveling now, so they'll be like moving their, their people around. Yeah. She needs to solve this Aes Sedai can't fight thing, though, because that's uh, that seems to be a pretty big... Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, when they were talking about that, I was like, then, like, literally, what do the Green Aja do? The Battle Aja? Well, I think we just saw in the Shanshan invasion not very much, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Get collared. Yeah. The, the, I mean, they, they fight Shadow Spawn, right? They can do that. Yeah. Okay. But, but they definitely, yeah, I, that's true, and that's supposed to be their purpose, but I imagine that in this current era, they have few opportunities to practice because there's not that much Shadow Spawn spawn rolling around in normal places right right yeah which is why we had this green object that just got trounced by the shan shan yeah and i think probably part of that three months is Egwene giving them classes i'm like okay here's the class on burning people to a crisp with your mind <laughs> she's pretty good at that yep yep thanks right. to the, thanks to the shan shan by the way yes <laughs> say what you will about the shan shan <laughs> they get things done yeah uh, all right so we had kind of a personal question which is, how do you think you've changed by doing the podcast? For example, do you think of literature in a different way? Have you learned something about yourselves or your friends by doing these podcasts? That's a, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I I will say that I've always been a reader, but uh, this has made me more of a reader because, you know, I I wouldn't always have time for reading depending on what was going on, but now I, I'm always reading, you know. That's something I appreciate. I read a lot more than I did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read... Uh probably read by word count more than I did before by a little bit. But I also read less other stuff that's not Wheel of Time than I used to. I kind of miss that a little bit. But yeah. You know, it is what it is. I've always been a skimmer, so I'm reading more deeply. But also, um, I'm applying more critical lenses to it than I did before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would just kind of blindly accept things. But like especially that was my experience with Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I still feel a little bad about that because I know that Harry Potter is a series that you absolutely adore. No, it's okay. It yeah. just, you know, took one of the great joys out of my life. <laughs> it's fine. Can, can we just, you know, you just you can enjoy it in a different way now. Well, in a slightly it, more racist way. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks, Micah. Yeah. I mean, it's made me, it's made me approach books especially the Wheel of Time books, in a different way, you know, being aware of different perspectives and not just blindly accepting everything that happens. And I think, for me, well, I mean, as our listeners know, that I never was able to get through the the middle section of these books without uh, without y'all. Yeah. So, so it definitely, I, I'm really, really glad that we're doing this, pod, that we've done this podcast, because... Uh, well, we're, we're almost halfway through. almost not quite it's like four more years right yeah uh because this the gathering storm i'm really liking this book and uh if if i hadn't done this podcast i never i probably never would have read this book no definitely not and i wouldn't have felt the investment that i do feel in the characters because we have gotten to know them so well and really go into them for sure you know what it reminds me of i was watching a video recently of a guy who was running a marathon or some sort of race and he was in first but he like literally couldn't run anymore and he like fell to his knees and was like slowly trying to crawl mm-hmm. and the guy behind him came up behind him and like draped him over his shoulders and went with him the rest of the way that's Aww. kind of how i felt <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is during the slog yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> drag each other towards the finish line. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that that at that point, well, and again, we talked about this before, that during that point, it was also when we were recording remotely, so it was like, it was it was, it was hard, right? Yeah. And, and the podcast is definitely what got us, got me through it, you know? Yeah. It's weird. There's a lot's, a lot's happened over the years since we've done this. Yep. It's true. I've I, had a kid. You've had a kid. I, pandemic. I, a global pandemic. Jobs, yeah. new houses. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a long long way. Yeah, and we still got you know a few books to go. So yeah, I, who I knows what's going to happen? Gonna happen <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. Oh god. god. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully all good from here, right? <laughs> yeah. Only one way to go, and that's up. I'm yeah. gonna say. I also uh, I, think I I agree with what you said. Actually, you put a good words on it. Like I think, I think that reading these things much more critically than I would usually read something has been very a very good experience for me. Like, I, and I can take that perspective and, and read other things and get like a get a much like for more fuller kind of appreciation of some other things, like other things that I read and see. Yeah, and especially like. Like you say, like reading it deeply and talking about it minutely and also reading it all like close together so we can see the structure of the whole thing. Yeah. I just feel I'm reading more consciously and more deliberately. Like I'm especially noticing that because I'm, I'm getting ahead in our other books that we're reading, the Sookie Stackhouse books. And I'm definitely reading them very, very differently than I have in the past. Because mm. I'm thinking about what I'm going to talk about with you guys and anticipating what your reactions are going to be and looking for funny things or different points to bring in. Yeah, I, I I think that you know for me I when I when I read the the books of the podcast I take copious notes for like you know what, what I notice that kind of thing and as a result I notice more things and I catch more things and mm-hmm. you know that's something that uh, I really appreciate in, in a series like this where there's just so much you know it's like it's it's really dense uh, not in a, not in a bad way there's like lots of little tricks and like hidden things that I would never have noticed if I were reading these along. Yeah, and I really appreciate the insights that you guys bring into it too. And it's also fun for me too. Like I would have never thought of Nynaeve's detective agency, but that just makes me laugh every time. It's great. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Or okay. if one were cynical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so um this is Sebastian from Sweden and he had that was a great question. Thank you, Sebastian. And he also just wanted to know how do we know each other? What made us start the podcast? So Remember how, uh, why, we, what we, we were all uh, extruded from the same cloning creche. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it. <laughs> That's right. Which is which is why we have all that that identical like mark on our on our butts. <laughs> <laughs> the extruder. The extruder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, gosh, so Micah and I have known each other since we were fourteen. Yeah, I think yeah. it would have been freshman year of high school. Yeah, that, right. Yeah, we've known each other. So we've known each other for over twenty years. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah. Wait, like, hold on. Yeah, we've known each other for almost a quarter of a century. Wow, yeah, closer to twenty-five years than twenty yeah, years. Yeah, right. Whew, man, that's weird. Yeah, and then. So it's essentially, uh, Jeff was Jeff went to the same high school we did. That's kind of the weird connection. We didn't but, actually go to high school yeah. together. Yeah, because Jeff is like tw- older. twenty yeah. years older than yeah. us, or something like that. Yeah, Jeff is ancient <laughs> uh, as the mountains, but. Um, but yeah, yeah. Although we went to the same high school, we didn't know each other back then. But essentially, we met each other through siblings of yeah, of my, our my, friends. My close friend in high school is a, a sibling of their close friend in high school. Yeah. So, so we ended up running into tangential circles, essentially. 
Yeah. Right. And, uh, we, and then we knew each other for many years, and uh, we, we had discussed that we had all read The Wheel of Time. Yeah. And I had gotten the furthest. I, I, because I had the least discrimination, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <the sermon. laughs> Maybe stamina is the right word. You had the most stamina. Yeah. yeah. The most yeah, the, the most determination to finish despite all of it. But I think we want I think we decided we wanted to do a podcast before we decided to do Wheel of Time though, right? Yeah, that's right. Because I I, uh, I originally had the idea because I was listening I listened to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to a podcast called There and Back Again by Alistair Stevens. Okay. Uh, which is a, it's similar to what we do, only he did it solo. And for the Lord of the Rings books, mm. um, and he also like he's serious, you know. Where we're kind of joking, no, not serious, like never jokes, but like he does his research. He, he read all of Tolkien's correspondence. He has all this actual like real insight that he brings to it. Wow, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like his job, his full time job doing yeah. it. And they are fantastic. I highly recommend There and Back Again because he starts with The Hobbit and goes through all the Lord of the Rings books, and uh, and they really heighten my appreciation for those books. And they gave me the idea to do the, like the read. The reread and talk about chapter by chapter. He actually does chapter by chapter. We skip through, skip over chapters. Yeah. And originally, I thought maybe I'll do as much research as that guy did, but uh, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And, and ours, ours is more fun. Yeah. We did enough research. We checked out the Wikipedia for Jordan one time. <laughs> yeah, that one time. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Hey, we went to the convention. That's true. Right. Yeah. That is dedication. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So. I guess we decided to do a podcast and we were kind of looking for ideas and we we landed on Wheel of Time because we'd all... Uh, yeah. I had a podcast before this, by the way, called Devs Talk Games, which... Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. You, about game development. Yeah. You had you had, you only, you had a few, several episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had like four or five episodes or something, yeah. but... Uh, They're on our... You can download them from our website, right? I think. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I have them on my Dropbox. Yeah. If anybody wants them, hello <laughs> <Yeah>. at Armadillo. <laughs> yeah, hello at Armadillo.club. You can hear Jeff and another developer talk about games. Yeah, yeah. A game developer, because uh, that's what Jeff does. I mean, we we could talk about game development with you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> non devs talk games. Yeah, non devs talk games. <laughs> Two non devs and one dev yeah. talk games. <laughs> yeah, Jeff can tell us about developer stuff. And we can be like, huh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. that's a good idea. That would cost four million dollars. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, it's fun. Thank you, Sebastian from Sweden. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're gonna cover chapters forty-seven through the end, the epilogue of the Gathering Storm. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And we might answer a question on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. Please check out our Patreon and stuff at armadillo.club to find out how you can give us your dollars. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.